0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malk and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as Lowdown, Wilfred, the Agony series, likes animals and the planet. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Adam Zwar. Hi Steve hello Adam in social settings how do you introduce yourself
1: in social settings in in real life or in online either either both um, I, well you are you introduced the, the online version of, I just uh, recall <laughs> that um, so yeah in, in real life um, I, I really don't don't tend to actually give myself a label in any context really I, I if, um, because if you describe yourself as an actor and no one has actually seen you on television, then are you really an actor? <laughs> uh, so it, it feels like you're protesting too much. So I, I, you know, I will generally say on my passport that I'm a producer mm-hmm. um, and I think that covers a multitude of necessary evils. <laughs> Have you ever – Which is – Please. oh, Which is pretty much what, you know, a multitude of necessary evils which encapsulate everything I do.
0: (laughs) Do you ever come here, a a cropper, talking to the people at customs, particularly in America, when, you know, sort of uh, they ask you inevitably what do you do? Do they buy the producer thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've always had a clean run. Always had a clean mm-hmm. run in America, and now I've got a green card, so I, I hopefully we'll start having a, a quicker run. Um, well,
0: lardy da,
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think that uh, when I come a cropper in in Australia, it's people saying, "Where do I know you from?" Because I'm not famous enough to be known. I'm not, you know, known enough that that. Okay, well, that's that's that guy, but. Mm-hmm. um so they often think that they've gone to school with me and I, a few times I've gone in the trap where I said, well, I do do a bit of acting and then they go, no, nah, it's not that. Do you come from Mount Isa? <laughs> <laughs> And so you just, you don't, you, you can't in any way insinuate that they're wrong mm. uh, or that you, you may have been on telly. It's just not done.
0: (laughs) Do you think it's your everyman appeal that is what gets you those gigs?
1: Oh mate, it's you mentioned the everyman word. I um, was doing a uh, a corporate video up your way, Mm. and um, and I was in Ipswich. It was for Queensland Rail, Mm. and I was standing outside a train, a a train carriage, (laughs) doing my stand up to camera. And the head of the Ipswich Film Office, which basically she is the Ipswich Film Office, she mm-hmm. came up to me and she said, just before I did my take, she said, why have they got you? And I said, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to ask the producers. <laughs> and I did my take to camera. And yes. uh, and she came back and she goes, I know now, it's the everyman thing. <laughs> And, well, that's not bad. Uh, and I and I, but at that right at that moment, I got a text message from Jason Gann who had just had post sent me a photo of him and Elijah Wood on the set of American Idol. Mm. And uh, and I was going, all right. Well, that's that's where our two worlds are at the moment. You're on American <laughs> Idol, and I'm I'm doing a stand up in, in front of a railway carriage switch, being told I'm an everyman. <laughs>
0: Gosh, what is your favorite place to travel to?
1: I London. London mm. is, I, I don't, because I've been there so much. I lived there when I was a kid. So there's there's a sense of, um, there's some sort of uh, sentimental thing ha- happening there. Um, love, I love always going back to LA, but it's the certain pockets of LA. It's, as you know, it's a strange town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some it, somehow you find these little oasis, oasis. How, how was the plural of oasis? Oases. Oases. Um, you find them just in sections. They're not like in a normal uh, in a city like say Sydney or or Melbourne mm. or London, where okay, if you go to Ma- the Mayfair in London, you know it's going to it's all quite ritzy and all quite nice. Whereas, LA, you just find these little pockets <laughs> all over the place, which are you've got the really you know uh, avant garde areas, and you've got mm. the you know, and you've got the richer areas, and you know, you've got West Hollywood, and yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite an interesting place, which is taking me a long time to get my head around. So I love going there. I love going to New York, um, and I love going back to my home you know, town of Cairns. Uh, I get a really as as I get older, I, I love going back there more and more.
0: Is it the nostalgia of Cairns, or is there something? Something tangible about it,
1: yeah. I think it's. I think it's both those things. I think it's nostalgia for a start, but it's the. Um, it's the. Soon as soon as, as, soon as I, I I get off the plane and the humidity hits me, I feel like I'm at home, and hmm. um, so it's obviously the weather. Uh, I just you know you you spend twenty, one years in a place and you just mm-hmm. it, it's uh, you, it gets to you, you know, it, it becomes you and um, and that's you know. It just makes me feel healthy and and uh, whole again. (laughs) That's that's a bit deep, isn't it, mate?
0: That's that's totally reasonable. What are you passionate about?
1: Um, I I thought a lot about this recently. I probably am passionate about people's stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I I do really enjoy interviewing people. Uh like you're doing now um I, i'm pretty passionate about twitter um yes. so i thank you for getting me on um i i find that i'm i don't know if i'm addicted to it i probably am um i just uh i think maybe it's the journalist in me and i that because i spent 10 10 15 years as, as a journalist so i feel that that exercises those those um, needs, <laughs> those <laughs> journalistic needs. Um, Scratches so the itch. Ev- Absolutely. So when there's a, an event on or something, you know, you can always guarantee I'll be having a crack.
0: <laughs> Is where you are right now in your career, uh, accomplished producer, writer, performer, the place where you thought you would be uh, when you left school?
1: I, no, I really didn't have an idea where I'd be when I left school. I just had these kind of um, uh, fanciful ideas that you know yeah. I, might, I might end up on neighbours or something, you know. <laughs> um, and the whole the the whole thing was that I was going to become the, a, an an actor, and then so I made these you know films, short films to to and 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 then TV shows to actually. Um, uh, promote my acting career, and suddenly I ended up. And suddenly I woke up one day, I was and I was a writer producer, and then I found that you know I went to the states, and I found that the that's a that's a that's a great thing to be, you know. Mm. And um, so so then so that's uh so I feel in a way I you know acting is if it's great and you're playing the right role, it's the best job in the world. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of rubbish atta- attached to acting, not least of which the waiting around for a job and then you get the job and you spend all day waiting around for your seed to be shot, you know, <laughs> um, yes. so that the waiting is, is kind of not, for me, it doesn't breed a sense of purpose and, 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 and confidence. And, um, so I prefer the, uh, uh, writing producing thing because I feel that you know you' you're part of something from its inception until right right at the end when you hand it in and um uh yeah, so I think i'm in a lot I'm in a lot different a place than I thought I would have been five years ago or ten mm. years ago, you know, so let alone what what i thought of where I thought I'd be when I was a kid,
0: would you be just as happy now if the the television performing side of your life uh at least in that the formality that it is now if that had never developed
1: no because i think i think i would have been curious as to what that was like mm. um I, I, a lot of my life is about satisfying curiosity so i have gone off and done different things you know just to satisfy because i Maybe who knows? Maybe it's a journalist in me. I feel I need to go off and experience these, going to these ghettos and find out what it's like to be an actor, what it's like to be a stand-up comic, what it's like <laughs> to, you know, to to be a, a, a screenwriter. You know, mm. um, what it's like to have a column in a newspaper. That was a, that was a big thing for a while. And you know, I've done all those things, and and um, and now I'm probably at the stage where I go, okay, well, I think I know. I could actually just be calm in the fact that I'm, I know what I am, um, mm. which is a writer producer. Sometimes I <laughs> puts on makeup and does a bit of acting. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I, I can kind of re- sleep soundly in the knowledge that, you know, um, maybe writing a column for a newspaper or being a stand up comic isn't for me. <laughs> but I had a go. That was fun.
0: Do you find that you work better when you're in collaboration?
1: Yeah, I comedy is great for collaboration because I uh, you need a, a concentration of jokes. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know if you watch comedian like you know that or or you, you watch um, uh, I, what's that? What was that? That documentary was that 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 conversation between Gervais, Chris Rock. Louis C.K. and Seinfeld. Oh, Is it talking funny or something like so, that?
0: Yeah, probably yes.
1: Yeah, but you you, you realize that how how hard it is to have a, a high intensity of really strong jokes from one person. So that's you know either you you spend a long time doing it or you actually collaborate and every writer's room is a collaboration. There might be single credits on on TV shows but it, there's a collaboration that's gone on where there's six or seven writers all coming up with funny stuff mm-hmm. uh, to include in your script. Um, so that's great. All TV writing is collaboration. You might see single credits but it's all collaboration. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think if you're going to have a really good product in a in a in what is an in an economical time frame then it needs to be a collaboration who's if you've got if you've got 10 10 years to write something i you you know it it might be fine but you know if you've got 10 weeks to get a whole series out you need to have other people on your site
0: who's in your ideal writing room
1: um, well, I think I, you know, uh, Amanda Brody and, and Jason Gann, I've been very blessed to have two great collaborators with those two, and um, and so they're, the, you know, a guy called Chris Merkshire, who's um, a uh, screenwriter in Australia. Mm-hmm. I love him. There's another guy called yes. Jamie Brown. You can't go past him. Um, who, who, who did the King with Chris, um, and um, and a guy called uh, Sean Grant. I, I love and I uh, – who did um, Deadline Gallipoli and, and Snowtown. Mm. And, um, and I also love the Moody's boys, uh, yeah. Phil Lloyd and Trent O'Donnell. Um, and Marie Cardi is fantastic too. Uh, she's mm. got such a uh, – she's such a um, – got such a great sense of story and structure. And, yep. um, yeah, so they're they're the Australian – writers that I've really enjoyed working with. I, I, you know, you know fantasy universe, well, <laughs> Gary Shandling, uh, Larry <laughs> David, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld, um, Ricky Gervais, Louis C.K., come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's a
0: lot of strong voices in all of
1: that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's the, I swear to you, if you want to come up with a strong product, you, you do need to have, oh, Andrew Knight. I, I forgot mm. the, the great Andrew Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it depends what you need though. You may need jokes, in which case you go to Dave O'Neill. There's a hmm. there's a um <laughs> there's also you know, there's also um a, a writer who I who I really who I really like. Um a, a Sydney writer called Joel Slack Smith. He's um he works a lot with Nazim Hussain. Uh, yeah. I think both those guys, they're they're hilarious too. Um, yeah, it's, uh, God, I love doing, I love going to different writers rooms and just finding new people, collecting people, Yes. collecting talent.
0: (laughs) It's a lot like collecting stories, isn't
1: it? Mm. And you can't be afraid. You can't, you can't stop yourself. Uh, you, you know, you, sorry, you can't lock yourself away. You need to go out there and find out, find the, you know, the great talents.
0: Absolutely how do you describe your experience of
1: family um well I uh, the the family i i've got we've got such a small family because it's amanda and i we've got we've got two cats and and um my mum passed away and amanda's dad's passed away so we've got amanda's mum and my dad, and then she's got her sister, uh, made a sister and she's got three kids um, mm. and a husband. And uh, so it's pretty small. It's a really small uh, sense of family. And I was an only child, so um, I've never had many people around. Um, uh, yeah, so it, <laughs> I don't know what that says. I went to boarding school. I felt like I had a big family there. <laughs> it was a big, ugly Boarding school family.
0: It's a lot of brothers.
1: Uh, exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It wasn't a um, a functional family. The boarding school family.
0: It, is that a, a, a time that you look back on now fondly, or are there still some harsh realities about it?
1: Harsh realities, because it was just so shit. It was the late eighties, and there was a lot of a lot. There was a lot of um stuff that was going on in that place you know that we, mm. you know, it was before the days where things became regulated and <laughs> um people mm. didn't get the shit bed out of them for no reason um and i uh, you know i've often it was just to the end of the Fitzgerald Inquiry where I was yes. going through. And you know what Queensland was like in those days, mate. You know, you're walking down three brists, down, you know, in Fortitude Valley and some guy in a Hawaiian shirt would leap out of a Commodore and arrest you, you know, for marching. Um, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time and brutal time and that found its way into the boarding house. Um, I was – I kind of got out – I mean, I had had some difficult periods politically more than anything else, so I didn't get – but I didn't get bullied or beaten up or anything like that. But I've seen some some of those guys who were and I just feel so sorry for them and I wonder how they've gone on to have have functioning relationships and lives. Do you think
0: that your attitude or or mouth got you – into trouble or out of trouble more when you're at school. <laughs>
1: into definitely into trouble. <laughs> I wasn't. I I was just, and I still am, just you know, say dumb things, say unthinking things, um, and uh, um, yeah. I, 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 if there was a joke or a, man, a practical jo- I was big on practical jokes in those days. And I can't even mm-hmm. remember what they were now. Just, but, um, I remember at university, actually I do, I remember at university, I was, all, I was institutionalized from grade eight to the final year at university. So that was wow. So eight or nine years living with men. <laughs> so um, it was. I knew how to deal with the boys' and, and, and situations and the practical jokes and the and the whole hierarchy that goes on and and you know I know it was never the top dog, but you never wanted to be. Yeah. You know, I was. I was like the. I was kind of um, just uh, just in the just in the just in the pack just in the top, <laughs> around the top of the peloton. Um, just a little lieutenant, n- n- you know, niggling away at, the, at things. And I remember one, um, it, this is a very benign thing we did because I won't go into the other stuff, but we, we would move people's, we'd break into their rooms at university and move everything out and, th- and just set it up in the quadrangle. Excellent. You know, just just like that, yeah. and just that detail—it's a like personal go. <laughs> go into their room and be absolutely clean, and um, or set it up in the in the bathrooms. So that was another thing we, mm. we did. You know, it was—you had time in those days, mate. You had had time to actually execute, think of something, and then execute it.
0: <laughs> yes, too much free time on your hands, worry.
1: Not now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What one thing would you change about your life today?
1: Um, I wouldn't change much. Um, I reckon if I could get about four inches taller. Yeah. Um, I I had a straight nose. Um <laughs> I had it got bashed uh, in the head in a football game and mine and it kind of it made me a character actor forever. Um <laughs> I uh, would I think um no, I think everything's gone along I'd probably just do a, a few you know would have done and said a few less stupid things. And I can't even remember what they are now, but those things that you just go, you know, if I've ever heard anyone or offended anyone, I wish I hadn't. And uh, I hope I've said sorry to all the, the relevant people. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that pretty much that, if, if you know, if I could have <laughs> just been a, a little more mindful of um the thoughts and feelings of those around me.
0: Is is it still an effort to, to be more mindful these days, or is it more natural?
1: Yeah, it's more natural. I uh, I think sometimes, I think for me being an only child was is it I, I looked at human relationships from the outside, um, mm-hmm. so I learned how people kind of got on. I learned what you know, what's a, you know good and bad things to say to people and things like that. You know, I I, I think um I think it just goes a little bit behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so yeah I, I, and I'll probably you know what i would be less sensitive to things. I'm, you know, I, I think um there was a stage in my you know, in my twenties where if someone looked at me sideways I'd I'd be really worried, you know. Mm. Um so, I think yeah I think that those those things are probably good to have eye- I could have ironed them out earlier and um and yeah I blame being an only child
0: on that has being an only child has that altered your relationship particularly with the opposite sex
1: um I don't think so. I think what was the big problem with me with the opposite sex was going to an all boys school. And because <laughs> um, yeah. the, there's that thing of everyone thinking that the, 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 the guys who are strutting around being overly confident to the point of arrogance, you, you thought that they were the ones who are doing the best with the girls. And, mm-hmm. and and the reason why you thought that is because they told you. <laughs> mm-hmm. They told you they were, and it wasn't necessarily true. So then you went, you know, I went to university and that was pretty much my first continuous continuous interaction with women. Mm-hmm. And then I was told in no uncertain terms that women do not like that. And and you gotta lose that kind of that that attitude. And I went, Yep, no worries. <laughs> Done. <laughs>
0: It must have been such a confronting thing for, as you said, a boy who's you know grown up in boarding school surrounded by dudes mm. to then be in a place where the women are extremely liberated yeah. and extremely forthright.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. And I, I went to a university to get away from the guys from my school too because I didn't want to be in that clique. I actually knew that I had to... I had to get out, get away from that, because I knew there was another world out there, and so mm. I was pretty keen to learn. I was, I was a good student, and I made a lot of girlfriends who, yes. who, who took me under their wing and said, "This is how you behave. Um, this is what you should wear. Don't wear stripes with stripes. Um, <laughs> you know, don't behave like that. You know, school so tie
0: that's on at first basically. dates not good.
1: Yeah, that's fine." What's the deal with that? Don't wear the football jersey to dinner Yeah, you
0: yeah. <laughs> know So much we all have to learn still.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and you know, going on and doing the Agony series um taught me again just that, that as far as relationships are concerned, women are playing a different game, a more sophisticated game. And so um yeah, so I I I look back on that time and I'm very grateful that I had those um those girlfriends who, because I wasn't going out with any of them, they were just, you know, happy to, we are friends with, I was friends with them and um, got on really well with them and they were happy to help. <laughs> That's the thing about women, they're always happy to help. Yes.
0: What are a couple of key takeaways for you from the Agony series? I mean, it was not only a, a success from a, a TV point of view and from a social point of view, lots of people resonated really well with it. There were some crazy stuff said, but some real gems from some great yeah. people in that,
1: yeah, it it was interesting. I I found, um, I I couldn't give you certain quotes really mm-hmm. because I, I can't remember them I've because there were so many over the years. But, um, but I I found the the final series was really interesting in in the sense that you were dealing with a lot of. Heavy, uh, you actually, we actually had a lot of heavyweights on that series who were entertainers as well. Mm-hmm. But because um, previously we'd gone down the comedy road, but you know you had Waleed and you had you had um, uh, Gal Jennings mm. and y- you had uh, Jane Caro, Dee Madigan, and you know you had some people who, you know, at, at various stages have hit the books and um <laughs> I, 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 you know I was very happy to sit back and and learn stuff, <laughs> really, just sit back and and learn and and of course, you know the more you know, the less you know. Um, I found uh, you know i I found uh, um, I, I had to tap dance a lot just to get away to to actually ensure that I would always remain impartial. Mm-hmm. um i didn't want whenever whenever i actually have an a, a, a strong feeling about something then it's uh oh I, I and i put and i put it into an edit um it, it it didn't work so you know i'd have to kind of just continually go okay Adam forget about your personal feelings here. Let's mm. just try and put this together as if you don't you don't know what you you know you don't have a theory on this um, and that was when things would would really jump out and be you know that's when sorry, that's when things would come together yeah um, and it really did it really did um, you know when people on social media are, um, are confronted by something that someone was said um instead of saying I'm hurt by this or I find that, uh, you know, I, I'm hurt by what that person said, they'll just come out and attack hmm. and I'll attack the person and they'll attack me and the production company maybe. And, you know, and so you just got to kind of go step away from that and go, okay, it's not personal. They obviously are reacting to a statement that someone's made. Yeah. Um, and you know it was interesting, you know, because you, you're a bit of a you you are a social media animal, so you know you you handle those situations well. It's like you know when people, for particularly the God episode, you know, I was interested what you how you know what you were saying about that, and you know you kept it on an even keel, and um, and a lot of people did, but then there were people who just that that night was, I've never seen it as a torrent like that before. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, it's crazy. It is just crazy. Mm.
1: It's like you know, it, it's um, you know, it's such a sacred thing. So it was, it was, um, you know, if you're if you're a believer, it's sacred. If you're an atheist, it's sacred. And oh my God, it's like yeah, it just came at us like nothing before. It was uh, it was very interesting.
0: What are you going to achieve in the next twelve
1: months? Um, I, I'm not, uh, I, I, my experience has been never to articulate that because I, you end up, um, offending the gods or <laughs> or, or making the gods laugh and they go, oh, really, Adam, is that what you think you're going to do? Um, I'll tell you what I'd like to achieve. I'd like to, um, you, we've got a, a couple of format deals in play in the US. I've got a. Couple of shows. I'm trying to get up over there. You know, if one or two of them came to fruition, yeehaw, that'd be bloody great. Yeah. And um, other than that, just to to um, have a steady mind and a healthy body.
0: That's entirely reasonable, Adam Zwa. Look, thank you so much for the conversation <laughs> today. Please know that your uh, no, no the things though. that you shared are extremely valuable and you are uh, uh, highly valued uh, as a person. Thank you for your time and for the things you've said.
1: Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for asking me.
0: So, obviously, you're on Twitter. Are there any other social accounts you want to own up to?
1: No, I don't have any other oh oh sorry yes there's there's Facebook obviously um Adam Zwar on Facebook and um I do have Zwar Wood on Instagram. Yes. Um and you know I I really find it interesting with social media the different friendships you got your you got your real life friendships and you got your social media friendships and what's been great for me is um tapping into this because you know how I said before I love the ghetto the different ghettos that that are out there and so I mm-hmm. um, so and you you would have it too that you know because you, you've got your political your political uh, account and you've got your TV account. Um, I don't know how many others you've got, but um, for me, it's not only do I, have I got the comedy people, I've uh, got the, the journalist people, but I've also got the cricket people. Mm. So I've tapped into this whole little cricket world, <laughs> and and that's been re- that's been really good for me because um, I didn't. Uh, it's it's great to to see that there are greater nerds than you. Uh, out there, uh, yes, with your chosen subject. This has
0: been humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that @AdamsWar is indeed human.
1: <laughs> yes.